British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, PEI, Nova Scotia, then we end in Newfoundland. But first, Riding with Cat. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Leah Cycling Solo Podcast. Episode 10. Does that mean I've been riding for 10 weeks? I don't think that's how that works. Oh. Uh, it's a very special episode because Leah and I, I'm Kat, by the way, Leah and I are in the same room this time. Yay! Wait, does that mean that I'm back in Los Angeles? No, actually, that means I am in Canada. Yay! Specifically, <laughs> Quebec City. Yeah. That's Wait. where we are right now. Crazy. It's awesome. I flew into Ottawa uh, last week, and we rode... Five days together, and I leave tomorrow. Yes. What do you think of that? I think we've had a wonderful time. We have. I'm bummed that you're leaving. I am too. But, you know, c'est la vie. C'est la vie. We rode yesterday, right? We took a rest day today. Yes. Yesterday was your day 57. Yes. It was my day five. Yes. You're ahead of me. Yeah, but you're on your way to catching up. It's fine. <laughs> so, Ontario's done. Holy crap, it's done. I finished Ontario. I thought it would never end. It took me, like, what, three weeks? Something like that? Mm -hmm. That was uh, quite a big province. And um, in reading about Quebec, it turns out that Quebec is bigger. But I'm not going to be spending as much time going through it. I guess it's just bigger... Uh, in other ways, but Ontario is wider um, in terms of riding through it. So anyway, uh, yeah, Ontario was certainly not without its challenges. It was very hilly. Um, the weather was challenging. I had more rain in Ontario than I did everywhere else. Um, it was quite windy. It made up for the tailwinds that I had in Saskatchewan. I had a lot of side winds and some headwinds in Ontario, um, but it was beautiful. I saw a lot of wildlife, I made more friends, I rode with my parents, I saw you, I saw, I saw a lot of people, and it, it was just, um, I think the nicest part about Ontario is that because it's where I'm from, as soon as I crossed over into the province, it started to feel so much more like home than anything, um, and uh, just the, um, the 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 environment just just it's you know the stuff of my entire life, my whole childhood, and man, I went to my summer camp, my childhood summer camp. That was awesome. Just so many things about it. I I rode through um, cottage country, and it was very close to where my family would rent a cottage every summer. Uh, and so it was just, it's like this whole trip has been visiting some of the best mm. memories I've had through this, throughout this country, whether it was, you know, seeing friends from elementary school who have moved to Calgary when I was in Calgary, uh, and uh, just all, all the way through, there's just been beautiful reminders. I feel like I'm on an episode of Sesame Street um, where was it, who was it, like, Guy Smiley would be like, so-and-so, this is your life! And then they'd have, like, your grade two teacher behind a curtain right. talking about you. That's kind of what this trip has 
felt like without me ever intending it for it to be that way it's just I'm here let's take advantage of it when it when a, when is the next time I'm going to be in Winnipeg when is the next time I'm going to be in Regina I'm near a friend let's get together yeah people want to see you on this journey so they they do what they can to be a part of it it's true and unfortunately like uh, we'll, we'll talk about this this week in a second but Montreal um, my father grew up in Montreal my grandmother lived there for 40 years after they moved to Canada from Hungary I did not get to spend nearly enough time in Montreal on this trip I had a lot of friends that I missed seeing because we just had to keep going and uh, that's one I don't like to use the word regret because I don't like living with regrets but uh, it's a, it was certainly a little disappointing but no worries because I will go back many more times. Montreal is a really special and wonderful place. And in fact, this whole trip like is making me want to revisit parts of Canada that um, I just got a small taste of and I need a lot more from. So Ontario's done, check mark next Ontario. Yes. Uh, Quebec. Quebec. You'll still have a couple days in Quebec once I've left. Yes. But the last five days riding through Quebec yes. have been pretty great. Wow, it really has been. I mean, the weather has held up almost the entire time. There, with one exception, we had one day of rain. But everything else, it's been, it's been beautiful. It was very hot, granted, and quite muggy. But um, I've been okay with that. I, I don't know about you. Um, but... Uh, uh, no, it's been it's been really wonderful. Um, it's interesting though. It's it's getting darker earlier now. I remember in Calgary at one point, uh, it wasn't getting dark until almost eleven o'clock at night, which was really helpful when you're riding a long distance. Mm -hmm. But for us uh, this week, you know, we were chasing daylight quite a bit. Mm -hmm. A couple times. Yeah. You had mentioned the road conditions in Ontario weren't great. Right. Quebec seemed to be the opposite of that. Correct. The latter half of Ontario was a lot better because I started taking country roads off of the Trans-Canada, away from busier sections, um, less populated sections, and, and I tended to go against uh, traffic. Um, people were headed to cottage country while I was leaving cottage country. So that was, that was certainly um, preferable. But, uh, man, Quebec has just really blown me away in terms of how, how much they accommodate cyclists. Um, so, basically, uh, when, we, when, when Kat and I crossed the ferry from Ontario into Quebec, the province, we began, I think, like, right away. We started riding on La Route Verte, which means the green route, so to speak. I can't remember if it if it stayed with uh, Chemin du Roi the whole time, or if we joined Chemin du Roi as we rode. But which is the King's Road? Chemin thank you. So Chemin du Roi, yes, means the King's Road, and um, oh, please, please let me be right when I say uh, uh, this road was basically built by a king um, in the earliest days of Quebec. I'm assuming it was Louis XIV, but I, I could be wrong on that one. I, I need to double check that. Um, but ultimately, um, this road was constructed initially in the 1600s, 
and um, and so as we followed this route all the way through Quebec from from the beginning of Quebec into Montreal out of Montreal all the way up through Quebec City um, we had the opportunity to pass through all these little towns and villages and some of the homes that still sit on this road have been here for for hundreds of years um, I think the earliest or the oldest house that I noticed anyway said it was built in 1715 uh, we saw many homes that were built in the 1800s many homes that were built in the early 1900s um, and uh, and those are just the ones that we noticed um, we rode by the birthplace of the gentleman who who composed O Canada, um, that was really really cool. So uh, there's just been so much history that we've been seeing um, along the way. It really, you know, uh, growing up, you learn all about your country's history, but it never really sank in the way it's sinking in on this trip. Where, you know, just Ottawa being in Parliament Hill, going into the parliament buildings like we did when you first uh, got, when you first flew into Canada, mm -hmm. um, all the way through uh, and, and seeing Quebec's history, especially here in Quebec City, there's so much history in this city. This is where the French first, Champlain basically uh, uh, initiated the settlement of Quebec, uh, Quebec City, Quebec the province, New France as it was back in those days in the 1600s. Um, it's just like walking through Canadian history this whole time. It's really just been such a treat. I really loved it. I think your original point was that it's very, this province is very bike friendly. So there's, you know, you can bike the entire route of the the King's Road, which I can't pronounce in French. Chemin de Bois, yeah. And there's a couple of sort of intersecting bike paths or bike routes that we would roll through in the city, Montreal, and actually Quebec City, both so many bike paths. So many bike paths. Yeah, you can actually get around the city on your bike. It's really amazing. There are so many cities out there, especially the one that we live in, that really needs to uh, take some notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was it's actually really nice. Yeah. So... Having ridden with you for the past five days, mm -hmm. I've made some observations. Uh -oh. uh, one of them is that the bikes get attention wherever they go, because mm -hmm. you don't see generally don't see those every day. And when people see you or whoever roll up, they immediately start asking questions like, "Oh, where are you headed? Where are you coming from?" And then the next question, and you'll say, oh, you know, I started in BC. Really? Like it's, you know, you get attention wherever you go, and you're constantly talking about the ride. People are always, it seems like you can't go anywhere without having a conversation with somebody about what you're doing, and you're always so excited to be doing it. I would, get, I would be tired of it, but you seem, you're always so excited to be talking about it. Um... Well, first of all, because it's fun. Second of all, because they're excited, so I'm excited. Um, 
people immediately, it just makes people smile. It makes people happy like to talk about it because as soon as they find out what you're doing, immediately the smile comes. And hmm. they're like, wow, like it's the reaction of people is, is really fun. It's cool to hear you say that because I'm not paying attention to that anymore. I'm just talking about what I'm doing. Um, but with that said, when, I, when we would see other cycle tourists, what's the first thing that I do? You want to talk to them. I want to talk to them. And what's the first thing I say? Where are you headed? <laughs> where are you going? Where did you come from? And where did you start? And, like, it's just, this is an exciting adventure. And, and uh, you know, it's like we're all a part of this. Even if you're not doing a cycle tour, you're Canadian. I want to see where you're from. You're a part of this. And you also, you just never, ever know where a conversation can lead. Hmm. Uh, people all have a story to tell, and it's always um, interesting for me to hear it. And and uh, you know, why are they excited about what I'm doing? Is it because they love to ride? Is it because they've done a tour? Is it you know? It's always just fun to talk to people and get their their take on on life in the world. And yeah, I can think of at least three times off the top of my head. Three different people, three very different people, uh, that you know you've been speaking with, and once they find out what you're doing, they will say something to the effect of, "I admire you," or, you know, "I admire what you're doing." You know, you're 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 courageous. You're sort of, I think people are inspired by you, and I've actually heard people say that on this trip. Like, I mm. you've inspired me. Mm. Um, well, great. And I think part of that is because you're a woman doing this, mm-hmm. mostly by yourself. I think that kind of blows people's minds. Mm-hmm. Is it important to you that that women know that you're doing this? I think it's important for women and men to see what I'm doing. Um, I always hear that there are other women doing these trips and doing them solo. And I know that they're out there. I see their blogs, I see their Facebook posts, all that kind of stuff. But I'm not really seeing them. Um, Just it's a big country and it's a big world and you're not always running into people. But um, I think it's important for women to see what I'm doing, to know that they can do this too, um, if they want to. Uh, And I think it's important for men to see it so that they can be supportive of their mothers, wives, girlfriends, sisters, daughters. You know, my parents, my mom's first reaction when I told her what I was doing was, Leah, people don't do this. Well, she had just never taken note. She had never noticed. Now that she she's, you know, seeing me do this and has been on the ride, uh, we were talking to her earlier and she was saying how she was stopped at a red light in Toronto when a cycle tourist pulled up next to her and she immediately started talking to this person. So, right. you know, it, it's now on her radar. And I think it just needs to be on more people's radar because the truth is that so many people are cycle touring now. It's like, it's a new big thing. I mean, it's always been, it's been around for a very long time, but more and more people are getting excited about it, which excites me. Um, you know, it's also why I'm filming my trip and why I made a website and why we're doing this podcast is 
to get it out there that people are doing this and I am a woman traveling alone and it's fine. And I'm not focusing on the fact that I'm a woman because I'm just being me. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, when I was researching for this trip, which was for years, I was, I was like obsessing over doing this, as you can attest, um, I realized at some point that all the documentaries I was watching were all made by men. And uh, with, with some very small exceptions. And most of the stuff that women were doing, either they were riding with other people or it was just a very short, you know, sort of trailer of what they were doing. And, um, and uh, I just feel really strongly about putting it out there that people are doing this and I'm not some super athlete. I'm not doing this in some exceptional way. I'm literally just every day I'm just going for a bike ride. And it's just totally that simple uh, because I enjoy this. Um, and uh, yeah, so if other women are out there wanting to be the fastest woman to ride across Canada, or to see how far they can ride in a single day. That's great. Push yourself to whatever limits you want to achieve, but don't let anybody tell you that this isn't a good idea because, because you're a woman. That's just, that should be a complete non-issue. Does that sort of right. make well, sense? Well, and it seems like it has been a non-issue for you. Like there's nothing, You know, it's, you haven't had a day where it's like, oh boy. Too bad I'm a woman. Boy, this would be a lot easier. <laughs> no, but there's certainly been instances where I'm a little bit... Um, my my antenna is raised for one reason or another. And also, it's, you know, it's why I don't um, wild camp so much. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I'm not actually afraid of being attacked by a person. I'm afraid of being attacked by, like, a bear. Right. And for whatever reason, the majority of people that I've met who wild camp are either single men or they're large groups. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's really all I've seen are single men or groups. Mm -hmm. um, groups, totally get it. You're, you know, strength in numbers. Right. But men, you got to be careful. Um, but I think there's just a general attitude of of men uh, to, to take more risks than women do, I think, generally speaking. Um, but I think that's true for any day of the week. Yeah. That you, you or whoever as a woman is walking down the street, like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you say you're, and you're sort of, what, your, your antenna went off, whatever. Yeah. Your antenna goes off when you are walking down the street. Yes. So, like, it's just it's just another part of... Nature has taught us to be that way. It's true. Right. But, you know, like, I, I saw a really... I made a really in interesting observation in Regina at a, book, uh, at a bike shop. I was cleaning my bike in the bike shop, and, and this father and son walk in with the son's bike. The son looked like he was maybe 10 years old. And um, they brought the bike in for for a reason there was a, an issue with the bike but then the kid asked can I put you know something he wanted something added to his bike and the father was like oh I don't know if that's possible and then the mechanic said yeah 
we could do it, but the problem is, you know, X. And the kid thought about it and was like, well, can we change X to Y so that this will work? And this was a kid saying this to an adult, asking an adult to make an adjustment on his bike. And I just stopped what I was doing and I looked at this kid and I thought, you know, that took me like 20 years to learn that I can do that, that I can not just accept an answer for what it is and say, well, there's a solution, let's figure it out. I had to learn that as an adult. I felt like in that moment that as, as girls, young girls, were taught to just listen and go with it. And I see a lot of women do that, um, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just the way that we are raised. Um, I can only speak from a personal perspective, but I think generally speaking, we are, we are taught to just accept the reality that we are given and not take a little bit more control uh, over situations and let's extend that to our lives. I think it's just really important the more that we see women doing, simply living what they want, the lives that they want to live, you can only just lead by example. So, yeah, you did, you planned this ride. It took a couple of years, right? You, I think it's safe to say it was about two years, it seems to be what I've, I've gathered. Yeah, there was, um, there was a lot of uh, watching YouTube videos, which yeah, I, didn't, I didn't consider research at the time. But then two years ago, I actually started, you know, looking at the, the details of the route. and Right. So yeah. you've been planning it for, for, let's say, about two years. Sure. And at the beginning of the planning, you know, of course, you would imagine yourself on the ride. Mm-hmm. And then the more you researched and you did become obsessed, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. Sure. Um, I'm sure you had, I'm sure you dreamt of the ride. I'm sure you daydreamed. I'm sure you were constantly putting yourself there. Mm-hmm. So now that you're two months in, yeah, unbelievably, <laughs> is it what you imagined it would be, the day-to-day, the mile after mile? Like, is this what you thought it would be? Is it better? Is it harder? Is it more fun? Is it all those things? Um... It's, it is all those things. It still changes from a day-to-day basis. I feel like, you know, you can never really imagine the things that you're going to do, the places you're going to go. Although there have been times where I literally am like, oh my god, I totally remember this intersection from Google Maps. Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of cool. hasn't happened a lot. But That's it, kind of it, cool. It's totally happened. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's still very much a... Um, Every day is, is a surprise in some way or another. Every day, it's easier, and it's just as hard. I always thought it was going to be hard. Um, you don't think it's hard? No, it's 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 challenging, but it hasn't been hard so far. Mm. But even today, like we were in the old city of Quebec. And we jumped in a car to get back to our hotel. Mm-hmm. And it took a really long time to get back to our hotel. 
and I was suddenly filled with anxiety of like, I need to ride all of this tomorrow. This mm-hmm. is going to be a really long day just to get out of the city. Now, I haven't actually looked at the map. It might not be that far. Uh, but suddenly I'm like stressed out again. Um, I tend to get stressed when I'm not riding about what I'm going to do next. But then when you're on the bike, that When I'm on away. the bike, it goes away because I'm doing it. And, and I just have to keep reminding myself that, that once I'm on the bike, like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll just figure it out. Hmm. It always works out because I have everything I need on my bicycle. Hmm. Well, another thing I've observed is that um, I did five days. Mm-hmm. You are going to do 85? Mm-hmm. I couldn't do 85. You don't want to do 85. I don't want to do 85. I think, I think doing a week long tour separates the girls from the women, huh. if you will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'll find it really quickly if huh. this is something that you can do for a month at a time. Maybe. It's definitely it's. You have to really love being on a bike to do this. Obviously, I mean, maybe that's a really stupid thing to say, an obvious thing to say, but, um, boy, you must really love riding your bike. I feel like I lo- the more I do it, the more I love it. But here's the other thing, though. I wonder if it's because you were just following my lead as opposed to doing your own ride. Because for me, when I'm riding with other people, I kind of need a break after a week. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. But when I can just stop whenever I want to stop and go at my own pace and it just, it doesn't seem so much of a challenge anymore. Right. I guess it's just, you have to take it one day at a time. Yeah. Right. Because then you get overwhelmed if you really think about. Absolutely. I can't, like, I can't think about leaving Quebec. That's too much. Mm. Too much work and too much unknown. Of course I can do it. I know I can do it. But still, it's just this whole big unknown that uh, lies ahead. Also, I've never been east of Montreal. So I'm already farther east than I ever have been before in Canada. Every single day is going to be so new to me. Right. But yeah, as far as like a week versus versus more, I think it just really, it just depends on the person. It's funny, my mom... Um, when my parents were with me, uh, I remember specifically we were passing through Marathon, Ontario, and Marathon is about a five-kilometer ride, or five kilometers off of the Trans-Canada. We were going to be sleeping in Marathon for the night. We got to the turnoff for Marathon on the Trans-Canada Highway, and my mom said, okay, let's put your bike in the car, (laughs) and we'll drive to the hotel. And I said, well, I can just meet you there. I'll ride there. It's just five kilometers. What's the big deal? She was like, oh, give me a break. Just get in the car. <laughs> I said, but mom, I feel like riding. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm done for the day. I think I'd like to do this on the bike. And she could not, for the life of her, understand why on earth I would want to do that after riding all day. And so, the, you know, I met them at the hotel. Needless to say, it was a beautiful five-kilometer downhill Mm -hmm. ride to the hotel. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's just like, Mom, when will you understand that I actually am enjoying <laughs> right. being on my... Like, I actually like this. Right. People are just different, I guess. And I do... I mean, I have to say, being on a bike... And I've done tours. You know, we've done yeah. a couple of tours together. Um, and I forgot... And I ride, you know, I'm training, training for this tour with you, uh, for my part of it. I've been riding every weekend since you left, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I've spent a lot of time in the saddle. But when you're riding all day or several days in a row, um, you, it's like, especially going through the countryside that we've been going through, you, you just see the world in a very different way. And it's a very sort of intimate look into people's lives hmm. in a weird way. Like, you're, you know, it's especially small towns, small villages, countryside, farmlands. It's just like, yeah, there are people live very different lives yeah. than we do. And it doesn't look that bad. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it's true. It kind of makes you... I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it kind of makes you appreciate... Uh, that everyone has their own place, and if you like the country, you should live in the country. If you're a farmer, be proud of your farm because I mean, a lot of these, I mean, most of the houses we rode through were the pride of ownership. Like mm. the yards were immaculate. Yeah. The homes, considering the harsh winters, were in amazing shape. Yeah. Even the farms were just everything was just so well taken care of. Huh. Like you know, you could tell these people are really proud of of what they have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the perspective on a bike is not is so different than zooming past it in a car. It's so true. Uh, that is definitely something that I, I do enjoy. That's a really good observation. Thanks. It's funny you asked you said this a few times, and it's certainly been something that I've thought before. But it's like you pass through these tiny towns, and you're just like, oh my god, what do people do all day? Mm-hmm. Um, or then you pass through these tiny towns with gorgeous houses and you're like how can you afford this when right. you live out here like what are you how are you yeah, living how do you make a living yeah but that's like that's a story yeah to be told that's mm-hmm. the thing and um alongside of you know what you just said about people just have lead such different lives it's like i keep having to remember that you know if somebody doesn't look up and say hello as i as they pass me on their bicycles, which irritates the crap out of me. I often have to remind myself, I don't know that person, and I don't know what they're going through, and right. I don't know the, the, the day that they're having, and maybe like this was just what they needed to just get away from it all and not talk to somebody and right. just maybe, in their own head. Maybe they're having one of the worst days of their life. Like right. You don't know what people are going through. You have no idea. Yep. So, But you're right. It, these tiny little towns... That's why I like going into the restaurants. That's why, like, yeah, it's why I like going to campgrounds. It's to talk to people and, and meet people and and just get their stories. Hmm. Speaking of stories, you did another radio interview mm-hmm. for what station? Remind me. CJAD Montreal. I don't know if it's CJAD or just CJAD, okay. but CJAD.com. So tell us how people can listen to that interview. Um, So you've done two. I've done two for the same station. I would just say go to my website, Hmm. uh, leahcyclingsolo.com, 
and uh, it will be posted on there. Okay. Uh, the first one is posted. The second one, uh, we're working on getting a copy. Um, how uh, convenient. How convenient. i got to say, um, I've gotten some very kind emails out of those radio interviews uh, for people who say that I have inspired them in one way or another. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I think if... if Men and women, right? Men and women, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's really very touching. Um, and that's kind of part of the fun in all this. When you enjoy something and you motivate other people to get off their butts and <laughs> sit on a different kind of chair, <laughs> called a saddle, I suppose, and start uh, riding their bikes, just it's just good to see people being active and enjoying the outdoors. What are you going to do when you get home? What's funny, because we just talked today about, you know, sort of welcoming you home. And what was one of your ideas? Um, I want to go for a bike ride with my friends. Yeah, another <laughs> bike ride. Well, it's... <laughs> it's so funny to me. First of all, I, you know, I'm going to be in Toronto and London first, and I won't be riding there. True. Uh, God forbid. Well, just it's going to be in a box. So, I, actually, you're going to take my bike home for me. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Good times. Uh, but uh, when, when uh, I get back to L.A., I think it would be a lot of fun to just encourage people to get on a bike. So let's go for a bike ride. I think it's actually a good idea. I'm sure a lot of your cycling friends at home would be super excited to uh, do a victory lap with well, you. Well, here, here's the thing. I want my cycling friends to join us. But I especially want my non-cycling friends to join us. Mm. And now, mind you, the, the ride that we were talking about doing would be too long for a lot of beginners. But there's a turnaround point that would work out very well. And it would be a very enjoyable afternoon for them, too. So we'll talk about that more. Details to come. Details to come. Uh, before we wrap things up, do you have anything else to add? I think I, I want to do a couple of really quick shout-outs. Do it. Um, in Ottawa... The day before I got into town, uh, you were uh, coming in the next day. Right. And this was the first day that I had to stop on account of weather. Um, it was the day before you got to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. It was uh, July 22nd, mm -hmm. and um, my friend, my dear friend Donovan from university uh, had offered to pick you up in Ottawa mm -hmm. and um, in the meantime he asked me for my route and I didn't really think about it I just sent it to him and that was it and um, so as I was riding uh, towards Ottawa I was on the outskirts of the city if you will he just happened to show up to cheer me on and it was such a really awesome surprise uh, and we said, let's, you know, meet at the campsite and have a few beers or whatever. Well, um, I didn't make it to the campsite because shortly after he drove off, uh, it started to rain and then the rain came harder and harder and harder and there was lightning and, uh, thunder and it became quickly apparent that this was not safe to ride. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up actually sitting on a very kind couple's porch 
for a while, uh, trying to wait out the storm. And the storm was going to be going on into the night. So Donovan came back, picked me up. The couple who owned the house um, offered to let me leave my bike at their place, which I did. And Donovan let me crash at his place, drove me back there the next morning so I could continue my ride. And then he went to pick you up. So, Donnie, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We had a really wonderful time in Ottawa. Yes, thank you, Donovan, so much. We um, checked out, I mentioned earlier, we checked out Parliament Hill. We mm-hmm. checked out a lot of things. We did a lot of touring around. Ottawa's a great town. Ottawa's a great city. I had so much fun there. Mm-hmm. And we saw some of my old friends there as well. That's right. That was awesome. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, and then when we rode off to Montreal, mm-hmm. um, some some old friends of mine uh, put us up in their place as well. So Which was very sweet. It was very kind uh, of them. So I just really want to, you know, thank all the people who have stepped up and helped me make this journey so much fun. And it's been so great to see you all. You've definitely made this this trip even better than it had it could have been by myself. Hmm. Um, questions for you. Oh. Yes. So I asked my parents um, a lot of these questions, and it's worth asking you the same. Mm-hmm. You were really worried about um, me going on this trip. Yes. Now that you're on this trip, do you have any have your feelings changed at all? Well, my feelings changed from the time that you were leaving to when you were actually on the ride. So in other words, I was concerned before you left. And then once you actually started the ride and it was just, as you say, one day at a time, and you're actually doing it, and we were talking often, and things were going great. My concerns lessened. Um, I would say, um, now that I've been on the ride, I don't know that they have changed. Um, I mean, it's... People have been really great and very helpful and very gracious and very um, helpful and very gracious. Did I say that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was my my hesitations changed uh, between when you left and you know when you're actually writing more than they have since I've been here. Has anything surprised you about this time riding together? Surprised me. Um, your enthusiasm. Really? And it, it has not waned. Um, and it's like every day is a, is a, is the first day for you. It seems like like you're just as excited to talk about it. Hmm. Um. And I'm just so excited for you. And when this is over, I think it will it will still stay with you, and it will always be 
something that you will be excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I mean, you're, you know, I'm very proud of you, and I'm, uh, you're a very exceptional person. <laughs> you really are. Uh, and so this is really kind of, you know, you're, yeah, this is, you're a very special person, and not everybody could do this with with so much enthusiasm, so... I think you just need to, hmm. It's funny, because every time I hear that, I just, I don't understand why. I don't need you to explain why. Sure. I, I understand, like, look, when I look at other people doing amazing things, I think the same thing, and I think, I, I think if anything, what this trip has taught me is that the the hardest thing for for any journey of any kind is the first step hmm. is just not even making the decision to do something but initiating that first like to actually start it right um yeah if you take you know something that you really love to do and then you do it every day it's really just a joy it's not anything exceptional I don't know I don't even see it as like this big cycling feat I'm just seeing it as oh my god I'm in Canada and I love Canada and I'm learning so much about it and I get to ride a bicycle mm -hmm. and oh my god look I can climb this mountain I'm going so slowly it doesn't <laughs> matter though like that's not the point the point is that I'm riding my bike. Sure, there are difficult times. Sure, I'm challenging myself every day. But when you're enjoying the challenge, then it's it's really just you're playing. Every single day you get to play. So, I don't know. It just feels like the more I hear people say how extraordinary this is, the more I feel that it's incredibly ordinary. And I, I can't explain why. It's just something that I continue to feel every day. Hmm. Is that weird? No. But I will say, uh, in that case, enjoy your ordinary, the rest of your ordinary ride. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Save a month to go. I have a month to go. And New Brunswick is next. New Brunswick the is next. The next province. Yes, exactly. So, uh... We'll see how that goes. What is yeah. your what is your preconceived perception of New Brunswick? What what do you have coming, do you think? You know what? I really don't know much about New Brunswick. I am ashamed <laughs> to say it. Bad because I know I know you know, enough about PEI, I know enough about Nova Scotia. Don't really know much about Newfoundland either. So uh, your guess is as good as mine. Hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it, but this is part of what this trip is about. It's learning about every single province. Now it's, it's just so cool. Every time I see a map of Canada, I have to stop and look at it. Because then I'm like, it's not just like remembering what cities are, are where. It's now 
that's what that city looks like. That's what that city had to offer. Mm. That's what that city felt like. Oh my God, the hills in that city. Oh my God, this was so flat coming out of that city. Um, or the weather, or the people, or the campgrounds, or the entire country is memories now. It's awesome. That's all I ever wanted. Hmm. It's, it, it's stories. It's great. Well, thanks again for talking to us. Thank you for listening to my rambles. <laughs> and as always, Leah. Yes. Ride safe. And just keep spinning. And you, my dear, mm. have a very safe trip back home. Merci. Mon plaisir. <laughs> I don't know what you said. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was something nice. Yes. <laughs> All right, we should get to bed. Oh, God, yes. Early in the morning. So tired. Okay. All right, honey. All right. Bye. Sure. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) We're off. To find out more about Leah's journey, you can go to leahcyclingsolo.com and on Facebook and Instagram. Leah's got some pretty great photos on that Instagram account. Check it out. Fun fact, the King's Road in Quebec was constructed during Louis XV's reign and was officially opened for traffic in 1737, becoming North America's first major thoroughfare. Huh. Thanks for listening.